Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Dino Kubal. Today, I have me a very special returning guest, David Green. David, how are you doing today? I'm very good. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Oh, excellent, excellent. I always love when we can get somebody on for a second time. It just makes me feel good, like we're actually doing something. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, third and fourth and fifth time as well, you know, it's, it's all good for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, David, um, if you don't mind telling the audience, uh, you know, like I said, we had you on, you know, in the past, this past year for season one. Uh, since then, what have you been up to, my friend? Um, it's, it seems like the year has gone very, very quickly. You know? yeah. um, oh, it, I know. It's, it's kind of mad to think that, um, yeah, it's been almost a year since I was on here last. Cause when yep. I, yeah, and um, so that's been going on, yeah quite a bit um it's one of those things where I kind of think not a lot but also quite quite a lot um like professionally like you know because I do a lot of ghost writing so um there's been a lot I've written quite a lot of books that will, will never have my name on it and hopefully people will never know that it was by me because that's the that's the <laughs> idea um but uh with my own stuff uh I've had um just just the one new book but um I've, I've kind of got a few things that are um ready to to kind of come out and uh, that we're just kind of figuring out when when is the best time to, to release them uh and they're, they're not like kind of full releases they're kind of like you know um not 0.5s i suppose of, of mm. series and, and, and what have you that kind of stuff we're just kind of figure out when when's the best time to bring them out and 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 uh do little tweaks on them because they're kind of they're kind of weird those kind of stories because they they're not just like a story in terms of like this is a story I want to tell it's like there's a real kind of thing about them where it's like does will this entice new readers and mm. is it what existing readers and it's a real kind of like um, study of them where it's like does this work does this yeah, work? yeah. Is this too much is this not enough does this give too much away about our things um so there's kind of like quite a lot of deliberation about them there so i've been working on a couple of those things for my two different series uh obviously i was working on path of war which um took quite a long time it's quite a big book and it's quite a complex book as well um working on the next in my uh helen haven series Oh, cool. Well, um, which I'm currently working on at the moment. I'm near the end of that one. Um, and then personally, uh, yeah, I was uh, I was uh, diagnosed with with autism. This this mm. I was last on on the uh, on the on the on talking to you, which was uh, which was interesting. Um, which was kind of like uh, shone like a new kind of light on my like life in general. But yeah, also, yeah. Um, my work process and and. Um, other things like that so that's been that's been interesting uh and um yeah i got a year older as well which happened <laughs> you know you know david I, I blame you then because i did too <laughs> the, the, the age yeah i age people yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's so funny i was just talking to another author and they're like oh yeah we just were talking about getting you on the podcast you know and they're like, yeah, that was like what two months ago. I was like, no, that was like a year and a half ago. <laughs> and they were just kind of like, oh wait, I'm like yeah, and like to me too, it seemed like you know I say that all the time, and I'll be like, oh yeah, like I'll tell a story to my students, but like, yeah, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, and then I'm like, damn, that was like a year ago. Don't right. don't say two weeks, you know. Like it makes me look like I'm getting senile or something. But yeah, I, I think it's like you know, I think I think um, the pandemic has kind of just warped oh, the definitely. time completely because yep. Like the, the last three, like nearly three years now, feel like they shouldn't really count as as four <laughs> years. 
Yeah. You could count as six months each or something. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Generous, yep. but um, no, unfortunately, time time marches on, and we uh, yeah. we all get extra extra wrinkles and yeah, yeah, yeah. Extra things, yeah. It is yeah. crazy to think that what it was like a year and a half, basically, right? And then for me, with like sports and stuff, it was basically like you know stuff got canceled for two years. Like I did track, but usually I do like volleyball in the fall, and you know we we have. Like we didn't get to do dances with kids, you know, like at school, we didn't get to do these fun activities. We didn't get to go on field trips. We didn't get to do end of the year stuff, you know, and I had like some really good groups of kids uh, in those two years. I'm just like, it was just, you know, it was almost like they didn't happen. You know, usually I take pictures of all my kids, you know, like we're doing all these fun things or activities. So I have like this board, you know, and now it's like a wall basically, which is kind of cool over the years, you know, but I, you know, I'll be talking about something. And these some of the kids are like, "Oh, do you ha- are there any of these kids?" I'm like, "No," because it was the pandemic, you know. And it's crazy to think in like 15 years that you know, I still won't have any pictures of those kids or anything. Like we always take them at the end of the school year and stuff. So I did get a couple of those, but you know, yeah, we didn't get to do a lot of things. So it's just crazy to think that like that time's just gone. And right. you know, and you got yeah, I think for for us older people, you know, it's one thing, but to be you know in that moment and you know have those be your formative years, like. I got to imagine that's got to be, you know, just, it's interesting from a writer's perspective, I think, to think about. But. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a weird one. Like, you know, I, like I know, uh, my, I know, obviously I know him as my nephew, but my, my nephew is uh, <laughs> coming towards the end of his, like, uh, time at secondary school, but he's been, mm. really been in school for the last three years. Mm. So, um, yep. And it's at that point where he's been, like, 14, 15, 16, where he is like kind of discovering himself a lot more and like kind of how he fits into, into places. But he spent most of his time in his bedroom right? <laughs> um, because that's where he's been doing his schooling and online and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I, I, I wonder like in a few years time when it hopefully it all kind of settles down and everything and we, we kind of move on, like how, because uh, I, I already kind of see the effects of it in a lot of people's writing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Especially this year. Like last year, there was a little bit of it. Um, but obviously, they, those were the people that were quick to process and quick to write. Yeah. Right. And um, there was this this year, there's been a lot of it where it's like, um, even my own stuff, like, you know, Solitude Shadow was written during during the first lockdown. And, and um, obviously, the name, like Solitude Shadow, and, and there was a lot of people that were kind of like looking for connection with other people and people that were like in very solitary places so it wasn't why well, it wasn't like to do with the pandemic or like a disease or anything like that which yeah. is like what you're kind of seeing quite a lot now there is like yeah, a lot yeah. of where it's like there's a there's a disease and there's this and there's this um like i, I was working on a ghostwriter project where and it came in maybe october of the started on october of last year through october 21 um and that was like about a, a, a plague it was a fantasy mm. A, a plague in a, in a fantasy setting and I'm kind of like do I want to do I want to write this I don't know if I can <laughs> want to like you know but I ended up doing it obviously and then but um yeah so there is like you are getting a lot of that now where it is like there is like a plague or there's a disease or there's this but then there's other there's other more subtle um uh influences on people's writing I think from from the from the the pandemic there, there's a lot of uh, I've noticed a lot especially in fantasy there's a lot of like um, 
long distance communication things in people's books Um, because it just became like so so like second nature to people that that was how you just communicate with everyone yeah Um, and that's the great thing about fantasy is that you can just do a fantasy version of it yeah no it's like I I had one thing that I want to do with my books and it's like a really cool like progressive thing after like the first you know few years of them or whatever or like set amount and then I was like oh this would be such a cool thing and um it's like very I feel like I combined a couple of different genres it's like oh this would be really cool and then I was like well I was like all of a sudden like I'm taking away that ability for people to travel and it's kind of the same thing you know and at the time before the pandemic I was like oh this is really cool and I thought well I guess it really doesn't matter though because people wouldn't really be affected that much right and then after the pandemic I was like oh my god I was like We'd be, we were affected so much. So I was like, these people in the fantasy setting, not being able to travel the way that they've been, you know, able to fast travel would be like, be massive, you know? And I started to think as a, you know, as a um, historian, like with sociology, like what kind of effects that would have on their society. And all of a sudden, you know, this, you know, kind of cool, just little fantasy sci-fi idea I had all of a sudden became like this huge world building thing that, right. you know, had a lot of, had a lot of depth to it. And I was like, wow, I was like, that actually makes a lot more sense now and it's crazy that you know it happened to us and had to I think it does go to show you know that your experiences you know really do shape you know a lot of what you write so it was very interesting yeah yeah exactly and as as I say like you know some some people are a lot more kind of um, work a lot more to kind of put it into the background and some people are very kind of upfront about like like two examples that I always kind of think about uh, is um is uh, Tolkien and, and C.S. Lewis. Oh, yep. they, they were both in the same writing group. They were friends. Yep. Uh, both writing types of fantasy at the same time. Um, and they were both very, very Christian as well. And um, there is definitely like some of that you can see in Tolkien's work, you know, oh, yeah. like, you know, Messiah figures and, and, and what have you. But it's a lot more uh, transparent in C.S. Lewis's work than it is in Tolkien's like yeah. um by by far right uh, and um to the point where like you know um Tolkien was on record as saying that he dislikes allegory in in all kinds it's just not for him and if people want to find because like you know there's all that kind of stuff where people are like well you know the ring is a nuclear weapon and there's this and there's this and this and Tolkien's like no it isn't right but if people get that out of it then that's fine that's what they do yeah. whereas C.S. Lewis was very much like yeah this is my version of the bible <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's very very much like that that is it's clear to see um you know aslan is 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 jesus and and, and yes yeah. and what have you um and there's even like a last battle and everything yeah, like yeah, yeah. In yep. it and, and, and all that and then um, some people really like it some people don't I, I i it's a little bit too much on the on the nose for me but um for in terms of Tolkien, like I, I know that that's his background and I know that's his beliefs and everything like that. And I can see some influences there. Oh, um, yeah. Not so much, but not, it's not like, you know, it's, it still tells its own story. Whereas, and Brandon Sanderson's kind of the same, I think, because obviously he is, um, if you look into Brandon Sanderson at all, you, you kind of, he's very, very upfront about like his, his what he believes in and, and his like faith and what have you. But when you read his books, it doesn't really come through super, super strong. Like it, they're, yeah. they're quite clean in a lot of ways, and they're quite like um, uh, sexless in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, 
which you would kind of jive with his kind of moral belief. And I know when he took over Wheel of Time, he kind of talked about that way. It's like, you know, there's some things that Robert Jordan did that I wouldn't do in, in this kind of way because of this, this, and this. But, you know, he does a lot of things, like a lot of quite uh, diverse representation, um, which you wouldn't expect with someone of his kind of background, I suppose. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's always interesting to see, like, how much of a writer will put in of their own background and, and yeah. how it, they kind of keep to the front and and, and push to the back. Um, some people are just more suited to it than others, I think. And, and that's definitely yeah. something that I'm noticing with the pandemic is um, there are some people that are very much like, this is about what I've experienced in the last couple of years. Yeah, so yeah. People are like, this is a story that I want to tell, but also this stuff has crept in because it's what I have experienced, but it's yeah. not my focus, right? Um, so it's interesting. But it's always interesting to kind of see the... Uh, the process of, of of different writers, but I always find the Tolkien and C.S. Lewis one quite uh, quite an interesting one. And there's like a lot of really great stories about the two of them, about like crit- critiquing each other's work. Um, there's a there's a famous, and I'm not sure if this is like the actual like verbatim thing that C.S. Lewis said, but it was something like, "Why are you always writing about fucking elves?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, you're 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 writing about talking lions and, and other things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and talking otters and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My favorite yeah. one's the beaver. He's like one of my favorite characters. <laughs> right. And that's and his it's, wife. It's a really unusual one because it's like um obviously C.S. Lewis obviously English and and um that type of fantasy isn't super popular in England. Like, you know, there isn't a lot and like Redwall, for example, like I always see a lot of um in like fantasy groups and everything, I always see a lot of American readers talk oh it's huge so well. yeah 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 and it, it's just it's not a thing in the uk like at all like it's not um something that was was popular or or um would would kind of people would talk about a lot like some obviously some you would have some people that would have read it and everything but um it's just that that kind of style of fantasy just didn't yeah. kind of um i think it's a disney i think it's a disney thing you know i think yeah. you have mickey mouse you know, who's very popular, um, you know, and you have, I just think it's that time. I think because Mickey Mouse is a fantasy, right? Like whether yeah. or not, you know, whatever he's doing, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, then they have, you know, in all the, I just think you had a, a, you know, multiple generations grow up with that type of fantasy in terms of cartoons, you know, um, you know, the animals are doing all sorts of stuff and Snow White, Cinderella, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think that when, you know, when those books came out, I really think, you know, it was really like, the perfect audience, you know, in terms of the United States, you know, and with the amount, you know, when you look at that time too, you know, in terms of population and, you know, this and that, you know, what was available. I think that it, I think, I think, you know, that that was a genius move. Like I did, but I'm like, it's like, it, you know, I always think like, what's the new thing like that? You know, (laughs) my friend was like, tell it to be warriors (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) Do you you think as well, so as well, it's like, there's there's things that like some readerships will accept that happen to animals that if if humans were doing it, they'd be like, this is too violent. Oh, for sure. But while it's animals doing it, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, (laughs) I think it totally, like, I think it takes, yeah, I think it takes the, you know, whole thing. Like I got through, like last summer, I got through like, uh, I guess it was two summers ago. Like I just got burned out because I was reading so much. I got to get back to it, but I got through like three fourths of Lord Brocktree. Um, and he's a badger. And I'm like, oh, this makes total sense, you know, that a badger would 
you know, be like this good at fighting if they were like a knight or something like that. So I definitely think that that has a lot to do with it. And he like he also does too. Like different animals are, you know, meant to represent like different classes, and some of them are more warlike, you know. And I'm like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. So yeah, yeah there was like some, you know, there was like, and that's like the whole point with Redwall, you know, is Redwall. You know, like the main character is like a smaller mouse, you know, and right. they're not supposed to be these great heroes, you know, it's supposed to be like a badger <laughs> or something. You know? And yeah, it, it, it always is really, really interesting. Um, the Lost Patrol, I think is a good one because you get a, you know, you get a good mix in there of, you know, the different races or, you know, whatever you want to call them, the different animals. But yeah, I totally think you're right there. Like, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely, it made interesting world building. Uh, I think it read really, really interesting, but yeah, I read those so much as like in middle school, <laughs> I just bought them again, actually, I was at a sale and they're like, oh, like 10 cents a piece. So I bought yeah, like 50 yeah. of them. No, no, I was like, no, I have no, no, never read them. Um, and like, I, I'd, 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 I hadn't even heard of them until, uh, I think a game came out on the Xbox about oh, like, yep. three years ago. And yep, I was like, yep. oh, what's, what's this? And then I was locked into it and I was like, oh, it's a series of books. I've I've never heard of them. And then I just kept on like, then I was like, oh, no, I have heard of them. Because I, I remember this person talking about them. And I yeah, just yeah, yeah. didn't realize that it was like animals, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny that they are, there are like, you know, people don't mind prejudicing animals, right? It's like yeah, skunk, yeah. skunks, you know, yeah, yeah. one likes yeah. them. Rats are always sly and yeah. uh, dogs are always heroic, right? Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah. interesting because like you know it's like like you know which I'm not saying there should or shouldn't be it's just it, it was interesting to see the backlash with D&D with races and classes and things but not those books because <laughs> I'm like yeah. I'm like he the did animals. the same exact thing you know imagine, and, all, imagine if all the animals knew about these books yeah like, exactly what, yeah. what he said about us <laughs> <laughs> the skunks these, would just uh, be like so mad they'd be like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. All, all, <laughs> all these uh, all these like all these like rats are always like, have you seen what they're always yeah, saying yeah. about us? And, and snake, <laughs> snakes, like the, this has got such a bad reputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's really funny. It's totally true though. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, we'll go with that second one there. Uh, this is perfect time for it. So what is your new book, Path of War, about? And that is book two, correct? It is book two. It's all about animals. No, yes. We just got all the animals into this world. All the animals now, came. now they're fighting. That's actually really cool. Yeah, I replaced I replaced all the uh, because yeah, I replaced all the humans with, with animals <laughs> and, and people just don't seem to see the the, the violence and, and darkness <laughs> anymore. They're all like, it's, it's fine, it's fine. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, so it's uh yeah, so it's a sequel to uh In Solitude Shadow, so it's called Path of War. Um and um yeah, it's 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 uh it's more than twice the length of the first one, oh, which wow. is uh, in true epic fantasy style, uh, which, you know, the first one was epic fantasy, but done. It was a smaller story uh, with, like, it had big stakes, but it, it was more of a, it was a smaller story, which was quite confined one. And it was meant to be, like, epic fantasy with a smaller page count. Uh, so the second one was always going to be bigger mm. um, because the, the, the kind of scope is widened and there's there's a larger cast of characters and then what happens at the end of the first one means that it has to go it has to go bigger anyway yeah, yeah. Um, but when i started writing it it was the um the second of a trilogy but now it is the second of four because oh i was gonna say that um, interesting yeah because uh, when i was 
I was working on it and um, I outlined it um, and I was working on it and I was, and I was like, this is a little bit longer than what I thought it was going to be when I was, when I was kind of working on it, when I was getting towards kind of middle of it, but I was like, that, that's fine. Cause like what I was thinking was I, I aimed for like, I think I, I originally aimed for 80,000 words, which was quite naive at the time, but like Solitude Shadow was 60. So I was like, it's a little bit bigger. That's, that's, that's yeah, yeah. all. And then, um, and then I was kind of got to the, the towards the middle, and I was about fifty thousand words in, and I was like, "This is towards the middle." And I was like, "So it's, <laughs> I was like, it'd be about a hundred thousand. That's that's all. That's also okay." Um, and I got up to a point where it was like, uh, it was just one line that says, "Colleen has an adventure alone," which is, um, but I had no idea what this adventure was, right? <laughs> and um, Colleen is like one of the main characters. And so at the end of the first book, she is kind of left in a situation where like her entire kind of perspective of what she thought um, Holtfeld was, where she lives and her relationship with herself and with other people has changed. Like mm. it will never go back to being the way it was. Um, so she's traveling with like a couple of people that she has a different kind of relationship with. And they're all kind of, uh lots of different tensions and, and, and what have you so I, I wanted her to have like a little adventure alone away from the group to kind of just like you know blow off some steam do a little bit of character development put a little bit of like thing in, in the middle of the book um but I thought like when I got to the sentence I was like this would be like a chapter or maybe two chapters at, at most so it ended up being like about a 30,000 word sequence <laughs> it's in the middle of the book that like I kind of cut away to and keep going back to go to all the characters and come back and other things. And it's like a real kind of like a sword and sorcery kind of style kind of thing. It's like an adventure. Um, uh, other characters come in that I ended up going back then to the start of the book and read and did a new prologue and kind of threaded through this idea because I thought the book was okay up to this point. I thought it was going all right. But then when I went back to it, I was like, you know what? It's, there's nothing kind of tying the different POVs together at the moment, mm. like as a, as a wider kind of arc of than this is a continuation of the first book. So when I was doing this bit and had these kind of um, things that I kind of introduced, uh, I went back and kind of, so it made it look like I planned this thing all along, which I hadn't. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and it kind of tied it all back together. But yeah, it ended up adding so <laughs> By the time Colleen then went back through the outline, I was at about 85,000 words and I was still <laughs> at the middle of more or less just beyond the middle of the book of the outline. So I was like, oh, this is going to be quite a lot bigger than what yeah. I thought it would be. Um, so I ended up taking a few elements out that I was going to deal with in this mm. book. And then um, I was like, you know, book three is going to be twice the size again. <laughs> Which I didn't want to do. Like, I, I didn't want to do like um, a 300 page book and then a 600 page book and then a 900 page book, right? Yeah, yeah. For, for various, for, for lots of different reasons, like for story sense and for like um, being kind to the readers and also for like business sense as well, which has to come into it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, so Especially I was like, epic fitness, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know what? I think if I can do four books, um, and kind of, I can expand on a few things then to kind of uh, that I wanted to expand on, um, which I would have had to have left out if I was trying to do three books. Um, so that so it ended up so Path of War became the second before. Um, 
But it still has the trappings of that middle trilogy kind of <laughs> thing. So it is darker than the first, but there is there is um we spend a bit more time with people that uh would be traditionally the antagonists, but there's like a little bit of a spin on that. Um and there's one character that I really enjoyed writing that has a real kind of descent into madness kind of thing because he's mm. his character is he's in the first book a little bit. He, he's he doesn't have um he he has a, a little bit of a POV chapter in the first book and we see him a couple of times do a few things. Uh and he is a character who is kind of like treading the line of like decency and 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 um and clarity, I suppose. Uh and in this book, he is kind of confronted with again. One of the big themes of this book is change. Um, so the first book, a big theme of that one was isolation and 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 looking for connection um, with people. And one of the big themes of this one is 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 change. Uh, it's, called, it's called Path of War. Um, with war is change, and um, so this character is kind of confronted with. Um, a change where he is he he sees himself in a certain way and he has a certain role to perform for his empire and for and for himself and the person that he is most devoted to has got a uh, a new way of doing things which changes mm. his position and i wanted to kind of explore like a, a person as so powerful as him um what would happen if the status quo was was changed so much and what what would he do how would he respond uh to, to this um and it, it was a really it was a really fun thing to write yeah but it was really kind of like one of those where i was kind of i'd finished writing a section of him and had to go and like go and watch the simpsons or something or <laughs> or, or, or or just go and like you know go and look at some sunshine and, and, and <laughs> flowers and, and everything because it was like Wow, I was like, I, I didn't think I would quite be able to go quite as far as that. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so there is those bits, but one of the things that kind of continues on from the first book is that there's that sense of like, no matter how dark things get or how um, how many mistakes are made or, or or anything like that, there is still hope for something mm. better. Um, if and and it's there if you want to fight for it, which is uh, a few of the characters kind of kind of go on. Um, so yeah, it's a book I'm really, really proud of. Uh, it was it's the best book that I've written, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the, there's a there's a few twists in the tale as well, which I think uh, people have responded to a lot better than what I thought they were going to, because I was mm. expecting some a little bit of anger. And I did get a little <laughs> bit of anger from people, but I still enjoyed the book. But they were still yeah. kind of. That's good that they're feeling angry. Like you want them to feel something, right? Otherwise, yeah, yeah. like why I do it? You know exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing as well. Like you know, um, the, the the twists in it. Like people have said they make sense. Like they were like, I can't believe I missed some of this stuff, but also that they kind of didn't like the fact that <laughs> some of the things that I that I'd done with some of the characters because they like some of the characters and and what have you. But that's the thing as well. Like you, you're right. You you want people to to feel things because um. With the first book, uh, Colleen, who's one of the main characters, you get so I, I got some people that would email me or, or, or in reviews say like they really didn't like a character because they don't believe they don't um, agree with her standpoint because she was estranged from her mother for, with her mother who's also one of the characters, 
uh, and people would take sides between the two of them, which was <laughs> what was great. And I was like, you know what, it's, that's fine. You, you don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. I was like, you know, this is the start of her arc, and maybe you'll like her in, in the future. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that's not a problem to not agree with her and not to like to like her. You know, and I think that's one of the, the funny things with with with, with uh, again going back to kind of like readerships and 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 some types of readers. They, 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 I think I think sometimes there's a thing where it's like you have to like the main characters. You have oh, to, yeah. and, and and I don't think that's the way that you have to be anymore. Yeah, right? no, it, that is challenging for some people. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's and that's fine. And if that's not like you know, um, some I I like to write read classic fantasy a lot, and I like the heroes being heroes, and I like the villains being villains. But also, I like to read. Um, ones where uh, heroic characters make mistakes and they have yeah. things that I don't particularly agree with. Um, yeah. I like to see what journey that they're, they're going to go on and if they're going to change or not. Um, yeah. Which it makes a good story. Good. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's kind of what I wanted to do with this book. Um, is to there wasn't of... conflict, right? Like without or within, it's like, well, like there, there'd be no story. So that's why sometimes I just don't understand that. Like I, like, like Kelly McCullough's like the Fallen Blade series, like with the main character, Arrow, like I was just like, holy crap. Like, and the only redeeming quality I think he had at the beginning of the book was like, he had like his familiar and they had a great relationship and he took right. care of him more than anything. And, you know, and that's, I think he, and I told Kelly when I interviewed him, I, was, I think you hit that nail on the head of, you know, having a great character that started off just like, kind of like human trash like his assassin and stuff you know and you know and he's drunk himself you know into despair mm -hmm. and you know but to see his arc go from that and you know his skills are dilapidated because he hasn't taken care of himself and then to well now he's doing like three more books thank goodness but you know but to see the arc <laughs> I mean it was just it was absolutely gorgeous so I can only imagine if I stopped myself from reading I would have missed one of my favorite characters you know, of all time and like an amazing story. So right, yeah, yeah, and and, and like you know, you got to um, you know, it, you you've got to kind of challenge characters, and you've got to. I think I think you, you have to challenge readers as well. And I, yeah. I like again, like I think it's fine that people would want to read something that is like very comforting and very much like you know, these are this is this is the role this character is going to play. This is their arc is going to be like. Uh, princess to, to queen and you know there, there'll be a few bumps along the way but you know they're, they're always going to make the right decision they're always going to be good i mean that's fine like i like reading stuff like that too but i don't particularly find that as interesting to write you know and, and i i i want to write totally. um, characters that make mistakes that have different viewpoints to me like the whole like zana uh colleen conflict like i i would be team zana completely right? <laughs> you heard it here first uh, folks <laughs> Yeah, that's that's mine because that's because I'm a parent, so like it's one yeah. of those things, and it's like um, it, it, it's it's funny, like, but I, I also then wanted to make it very much like if if I'd been uh, before I was a parent, I would have been Team Colleen because I would have been like, I'm don't want my parents making these decisions for me, like how dare they, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm an adult, I can make my own decisions, and and this kind of thing. I know more than them. I know more about the world than they do, even though they, you know, whatever. No, as you do, when you're a person. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, but like as a parent, I'm like, yeah, I would have done what Zana did, and I would completely believe in it, right? And um, 
But you would also, as a parent, also have regrets if your relationship with your child broke down as well. Um, and so that's what I kind of tried to make it as realistic as possible from the, from their points of view, even though my point of view is not the same as theirs, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. the same with the second book with, with Nexies, who is the character who goes on this descent of madness. Like, I don't agree with him in any way. <laughs> shape or form right there's very very little things that we have in common with each other yeah. but i kind of have to believe his point of view when i'm writing it because yeah. otherwise it wouldn't ring true and and that's one of the things that the the, the the interesting thing about um this series and i remember a, a reviewer kind of struggled with this thing with in Sarchi shadow but then they went back and read it a second time and it kind of clicked for them a little bit was mm. that and I think as well, it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, oh yeah, there's going to be more. So I know there's like, you know, there's this might be the beginning of, of this these people's arcs is that even the good characters, the ones that are like the good characters, they're all um, complicit in this uh, bad empire that they that they're in, right? And the empire that they're in, they have their uh, they have their own reasons for doing what they're doing. They think that the reasons that they're, they're doing and that but basically what they do is they're on I, I can they're all, they're constantly in a state of war um for various different reasons but they think that, that is the only way that they can survive if they don't do it they'll be trampled on by other bigger nations and what have you yeah um, historically but, that's pretty accurate you know yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly that's that's kind of because they they started off as a state as a city state that grew like rome did um but um they do some horrible things. They do some terrible, terrible things, right? And um, but they try and justify it. So even the good characters that that we meet are all part of this empire, and they're a part of the the war effort in varying different degrees. Um, some of them have doubts about the empire. Some of them don't. Um, some of them have their own prejudices against certain other races that are in there. Um, but they're all at the start of their own journey, and and. Um, by the end of the first book, some of them have kind of can clearly see things need to change and what have you. And that gets continued on into the second book. Um, so it's an interesting thing where it's like, you know, it's almost like uh, it's almost like Star Wars, but you're taking the point of view of like all the stormtroopers. And maybe some like inquisitors that have like, you know, and, and we're following them as they're kind of like looking at it and going like, you know, is this, is this right? Should we have blown up Alderaan? <laughs> you know, should, <laughs> yeah. we have, should we have done this? Uh, yeah. And some people be like, oh, no, you know, we should have done because they were full of rebels. They were harboring rebels and that's why we did it. Um, and other people be like, well, you know, are all of them rebels? Are they all like that? You know, and it's like, yeah. that's the start of it. And we kind of see that kind of develop. Hir Hiroshima in a nutshell. I mean, we, I just taught that in my, you know, spring semester. And we talk about that all the time. We're like, you know, like, was it okay? You know, like you literally right. vaporized women and children, people who were just, you know, like imagine if someone did that to us, you know, to get to our military or government. It's like, you know, so I, I definitely think that that's right on the head right there. That's a great yeah. thing to like explore and to think about. Yeah, exactly. It's good. And it's a good way to start conflicts. And it's a good way to start, to start journeys then as well um, for, for characters, because like, you know, um, <laughs> The thing is, as well, is that like in this kind of empire which they live in, if they were openly dissenting people, they would not be in the story by this point because they would have been taken care of yeah, by, yeah. Yeah, by yeah. the empire, right? Yeah, so, um, 
so you have to start somewhere with some people. So it was interesting, and that 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 review always kind of stood out for me because they were they were quite complimentary about the book in general, like the writing style and the story and everything. But they were kind of like I find it hard to kind of um, associate with any of the characters because they're all like you know a part of this this empire. And I was just like, never didn't respond to it other than saying thank you for the review or anything. Um, they clearly weren't American. <laughs> they were American. They were oh American. God. So like that's what drives me nuts is because like. Like, that's literally our country. Like, you know, it's like, it, it is imperialistic still, you know, it is. I'm like, we've never, we're, we're, we have never left one country, you know, like we're still, or near a country, you know, with a base or something. So that's, that's interesting. They clearly yeah. don't even look at their own society because that's literally our society in a nutshell. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting because like they, they were talking in the review that, that they like to have that kind of good character that is like a very very mm. good all the time mm. and I, I would argue that like my some of my characters are good people like they they are good people but they just so happen to be a part of this empire as well right yeah and, um so um but they went back and read it a second time and and they were like oh yeah i get i get this a little bit more now and um it was funny because it was when this review came out i, I was about I'd just written that big tangent bit in Path of War where it kind of deals with that quite head on with that kind oh, yeah. of hypocrisy of people and complicity cool. of people. And I was kind of like, should I just write right until the second book? But I was like, I said, we'll leave it. And um, because it was something that was part of like the, the tapestry of the book from the start was yeah, like yeah. kind of explore that, um, that thing of like, you know, the, people with good morals and, and, and good, um, you know, good actions. But it's kind of like working for Amazon, I suppose. It's like, let, let's, let's get these deals out for these indie authors. But it's like, also, Amazon is going to take 70% of everything that you make. <laughs> yep, I, I, I think that's a great way to put it. Like, I was just talking to a buddy of mine about that because he was like, you hate Amazon. I said, but all my friends or books are on Amazon. I was like, I, I can buy more of everybody's books if I do it on Kindle, you know, versus paperback. And I'm like, and everybody gets more for sales, you know, um, you know, it's a, it's a much greater, you know, percentage than to do the paperbacks. So I'm like, until they flip flop it, I'm like, plus 20 bucks, you know, 20 bucks doesn't even get you usually one paperback book on Amazon, you know, but it's like right. 20 bucks, you know, like if I, you know, if I do it right, I mean, that's easily 10 authors, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, maybe more, you know, if I, yeah. you know, picky and choosy at times and stuff, but yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I think that's a great analogy because I think of it all the time because my, my students call me out on it. They're like, well, you hate them, but you're going to write for them. I was like, well, I was like, I probably end up going wide at first, but I said, it's a good, I said, it's a paradox, right? I'm like, you know, they got yeah, one of the largest right. platforms. I'm like, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, a you know, great way all... to put it. Yeah. We're all lining Jeff Bezos' pockets. Where's my rocket, Jeff? Where's my rocket? Exactly. <laughs> but we're all trying to help other people at the same time, right? And it's, yep. uh, yeah, so it's, it's one of those things like, aren't we all, aren't we all kind of complicit in a, yeah. in a way? We're all part of the empire in some way, you know? Like, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, I never thought of that before. Kind of just blew my mind there, David. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you. That, so that's that's what Path of War is about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I just think you have a lot of cool stuff there. I, I'm this one character that came up when you were mentioning. You know, like you don't have to like every character, but you can still relate to them. Like for instance, like Thor four. Um, you know, with Christian Bale's character, and I guess I'm biased because I love Christian Bale, but he, um, 
like his character is a lot like one of my the one of my dark gods and I was like oh my gosh it's crazy to see something that was literally in my head up here on the big screen and he's got like the god slayer sword and it literally looks like exactly how I pictured it and I was like oh that's so cool but you know you get to the end of the movie and I'm like the whole time I'm thinking like oh this guy's crazy but then you get to the end of the movie and I'm like holy moly like I'm thinking like what I do the same thing you know like and I'm like, you know, obviously like there are corrupting forces and stuff, but you know, it's just, I liked it so much more from a writer standpoint, like, um, like Thor three, I liked more from a audience standpoint, but from a writer standpoint. And then I heard like, like it was just amazing. And then I heard this, you know, thing where, um, cause at the start of the movie, um, Korg is actually like, the rock guys telling the story. Well, I heard this thing where about the exaggeration and the comedy where they're like, yeah, Korg is telling the story not Thor you know right. and from his point no I was like that blew my mind even more from a writer's standpoint because I'm like that makes sense that certain things in the movie happen different than the other three because it's not right. Thor's perspective so from a writer's standpoint I'm just like I told my buddy I was like we gotta go see it again <laughs> like <laughs> you know because there were so many and I, it's one of the few that I'm definitely gonna buy like a copy of um just from a writer's standpoint but Agor right. is one of those where it's like I don't agree with everything he did but at the same time you know, as like a, a future parent, I'm like, I get it. I'm like, I do, you know, and yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. combats with certain themes. So I definitely get what you're saying there. I'm like, but you know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that's the problem with some people is there. I don't think they can put themselves. I don't think if you're a parent, like if you're not a parent, I don't think you can quite put yourself in the perspective of like the scope of the movie and his mass yeah, machinations, you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely different. And it's one of those things that before I was a parent, and there's probably like people listening to this that aren't parents that probably will roll their eyes now. And I was one of those. <laughs> um, whereas, like, we, I'd hear people say, like, well, when you become a parent, it changes everything. And I'd be like, oh, God, like, you know, uh, yeah, I have I have nephews and, and, and stuff. I, I know, I, you know, I, mean, I have pets, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, have, I, have, I have pets and, you know, pets are the same. And it's like, it's honestly, it's not the same. Right? And, um because, like you know, uh, the, the the main thing is like your you, your pets might uh, might might bark sometimes or meow or something, but they'll, <laughs> they'll essentially do what you want them to do. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Uh, little humans don't. Right? They have <laughs> Not their, at all. <laughs> right? They have their they have their own thoughts and they have their own um, personalities and they have their own beliefs that that will change and 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 all that kind of stuff and their own self awareness and. Um, and it gets to the point where even when they get to like two or three years old, they start answering you back and, and arguing with you and asking you why and challenging you. Why are you doing this? Why, why is this? Why? And, you know, you have to have good reasons for it because they won't let it go. Right? <laughs> and sometimes you'll have, and I have these, like my, my son is, is autistic as well. Like he's, he's four and a half now. So we, we have very, very in-depth conversations sometimes. We're both, both like, oh, yeah, yeah. we're both like, we both like to know why things are the way that they are. And we have these discussions where it's like, you know, we might disagree on something. He might be like, well, why is it you are doing this? And I'd be like, well, I'm doing this because I want, I don't want this to happen to you and this, this, and this. Um, and he's like, well, you know what? I don't agree. Right. But I'm like, well, I'm your dad. So that is the way it's going to be like, you know, and when you're older then you'll have this conversation, maybe like, you know, um, and this is the kind of thing where it does change things completely because you're not going to have that conversation with your dog, no matter how much, yeah. <laughs> they, you know they love you or they or, or you love them like you know uh they will accept that you are doing the best thing for them yeah yeah um, whereas a, a human will not because <laughs> they um they have you know it's all about ego and everything like that you know they yeah they, they, and that's uh, what it's like. 
so it's yeah it does change everything um and um it's interesting it's an interest and i i do enjoy writing characters that are older which is something that surprised me because um obviously grow getting into fantasy was all about classic fantasy for me and it was all like about teenagers becoming adults and and, and going out into the world and, and yeah 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 and achieving some very classic right? trope yeah yeah you know like for, for the age yeah yeah belgarian and wheel of time even wheel oh. of time you know wheel of time all the characters are teenagers at the start and they're only by the end of it they're only in their early 20s if that some of them are even in the 20s yet and uh star wars uh you know luke skywalker's 19 at the start and, and what have you so was leia um so it was that was like the kind of thing where it's like you write about teenagers and 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 uh, if and, and these days if, if a man writes about teenagers it's fancy it's it's adult fancy but if a, a woman writes about teenagers it's young it's young adult which is kind yeah. of blows my mind all the time um but um so but when i start so i when i started writing fancy i thought you know i i'd probably do that but then all of my characters but the majority of them there are children in it but the the main characters like colleen is 32 zana is 55 or something mm. like that um vetagon is 108 Right. <laughs> uh, is like 35 um in my urban fantasy nick holler and his foot is uh well in this next book that i'm writing he's 42 because because they're a little bit set in the future it's, it's actually the same it's the same date of birth as me like he's born mm. 1983 so he's oh, that age. Cool. um and i just think it's that's interesting to write because um you do get like being that kind of age you do get this kind of like you, you're kind of set in your ways and in, in a way uh right when you get to in your in your thirties and forties you 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 kind of set in your ways. Um but then there's other things that come across that challenge you in lots yeah. of different ways. And that could be social change, that could be uh having a child, that could be um physical changes, physical decline, <laughs> things like that, right? And there's all these little weird things that happen that are like you used to do this, but now this is going to be the way that it is in the future. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's interesting to kind of have these uh, little kind of, um, I keep saying little, but they're still huge, but these kind of like run of the mill everyday kind of challenges for these kind of characters, yeah. as well as then these big ones that you bring into it because it's fantasy. So it's like, like Nick Holleran at the minute, like in the book that I'm writing, because he's the same age as me. I, I was going through this phase recently where like, uh, I have kind of like bad knees from playing sports, mm, like yeah, yeah. wear and tear. And I got to this point where it was like, you know, I, I could go out for a run, or I could go on this, and then like my knee would be a bit sore after the run. I'd be like, I accept that. That's normal. I, I get that. Yeah, right? yeah. But then I was going to this thing where I was like, I'd be asleep and I'd wake up in the morning and my knee would be sore because I'd just been sleeping. And it's like, yeah, this yeah. is right. But like, <laughs> I've, been, I've been treating it well. It's been on this nice soft mattress all night, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so like I was doing, I was working that into Nick Colleran. So he's got this this big thing where like there's this <laughs> big, like showdown between heaven and hell coming, and then he's kind of trapped in the middle of it. But also his niece is sore because he's just slept in a strange way, <laughs> right? <laughs> I can um, relate to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's it's just I think it's just funny. Like it's it's one of those things that you can do with like kind of older characters that like you can't do with younger ones. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's good to do younger characters because they can like they can be the ones that are challenging the status quo, right? Yeah. A lot more because they're going in, they're young, and it's like this is our world now. Let's go and do this. But it's it's quite fun to do like a character 
that is like in the middle of all this. <laughs> right? You've got the older people that are like setting the rules. You've got the new younger people that are coming in trying to change it. And we're just in the middle, just going like, <laughs> I've just got my knees are sore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I've like Christian Bale with Dark Knight Rises, you know, like he had those servo knees yeah. for a while until you know, cause he, cause you do think um, about it, right. You're like, wow, this guy was in top physical shape, but yeah, you know, he's still a, what, like at that point, like a 48 year old human, you know, human guy, like, you know, and it makes sense that he's fighting crime every night with all those injuries and things that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gotta be really, you know, collateral damage. So yeah. I remember watching that film and thinking like, God, he wouldn't need those things on his knees. And then like now, like 10 years <laughs> later, I'm like, I would love those things. <laughs> just in normal life. I would just, you know, you know, I, I really like, uh, I really like, um, the Deus Ex series, like oh, uh, the, yeah. the video games, um, and it's all like about human augmentation and everything like yeah, that. Yeah. I um I wrote I did a I um I led a anthology, a shared world anthology once called Zero Hour about like a, a cyberpunk kind of thing. I really like cyberpunk, and um, that was fun to do. But I always kind of think to myself, like if it was like mass market technology, I would definitely replace my legs with like oh for sure with metallic ones. I'd be like, I'd be first in line. I'd be like, great. What else can we replace? Yeah, replace yeah. My hips, replace my spine. I'd be like, let's just go for it. Let's just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. Um, I, I would do that with my left ankle and my right knee because every time right. my back gets tight, now I have to like do all these ex- every day. I do exercises. I gotta. I mean, I've, it's been like a two-year thing that I've been correcting, so it's really my fault. But I got there, they go, they go, did you do a lot of, like, contact sports? I was like, judo, taekwondo, football, right. whatever, you know. I'm like, what haven't I done, you know? And they're yeah. like, oh, it looks like you've been in a car accident. Like, three of them, <laughs> like, bad ones. And I was like, oh, so we've been, like, right. you know, getting it worked out. I have been feeling better, but I would still totally, I'd be like, yeah, just replace Definitely. it. <laughs> just replace yeah. it. And that's the thing with these, with these like, cyberpunk things, is you kind of, like, I always laugh at it, but nowadays I laugh at it because like a lot a lot of um a lot of uh a lot of the culture is like done by it's like a fashion thing, isn't it? Like you know, yeah, like, yeah. They, they keep re-argumentating each other because of fashion and this. It'd be out of necessity for like it'll be 40 yeah. year olds just going yeah, there yeah. and look like I've been I, I'm doing physio every week and it's just not doing anything. Like let's yeah. just let's just get rid of it, let's just replace it with something. Yeah. <laughs> I always think of like eyes, like if they're able to replace eyes where I wouldn't have to have contacts or glasses anymore, like, you know, and I have autism, I have uh, astigmatism. So I just think it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, like now they're starting to develop it, but I'm like, it's still so new. But I'm like, if I could just like, bam, wake up and all of a sudden, you know, like see 2020, I don't even care about, you know, zooming in and stuff, but like just being able to see, you know, 2020, not have to put the contacts in every day, you know. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> or worry about taking about. Yeah, I wouldn't use my bionic legs to run faster or jump <laughs> over buildings or anything. It just you just want to sleep. I just want to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I want to wake up in the morning and not have to just like kind of like straighten out and rebend my knee for a little while and just be like, just hop out of bed, go about yeah, my yeah. Day, you know. Um, that's 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 the the technological revolution that we're looking for. <laughs> So we're not asking for much here. We're not asking for super speed. We just want to be able to sleep. <laughs> it's totally true, though. It's yeah, totally yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we did talk about, you know, um, in terms of like length. So it's really cool that you're going to be doing four. Um, I just I find that interesting as a, a writer and an author. I just as, as an author, I'm like, sometimes I feel like you just it's not a trilogy and, you know, might might not be doing, you know, like a quintet, you know, like five. But 
sometimes maybe you just need four you know i've known people that have been like oh this was going to be a trilogy and now i'm just gonna you know chunk them up they're still writing book one they're like i'm gonna do a, you know, a duology and i realized recently as a, as a reader i'm like i don't care like if it's a good story like you know i think some people think that that's just such a big deal and i just want the story to be told in a good way you know that makes sense so i yeah. don't know it's, it's interesting as a, as a writer i like to do three but as a reader, I'm like, nope, just give me the characters, give me a good story, you know, and I, I really don't care. <laughs> but yeah. I just think it's interesting, like, you know, that I think this, I just talked to a lot of authors, obviously, and it's just funny, I think you're like the 10th author out of like 13, who is like, yeah, I was going to do a trilogy, but I'm going to do this, or I was going to do one, and then I'm going to do this. And right. I just think it's, it's cool that we're breaking out of that contemporary, you know, it's got to be three. You know, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. you know, because I think now I think you have that ability to actually tell your story. And right. I think you'll get a lot more about a lot more high quality stories when people aren't worried about fitting into those contemporary boxes. And yeah, I like yeah. indie in particular, because a lot of indie authors are doing that. Because I just think that that's a I think that's a leftover, just person like a leftover archaic thing from traditional publishing. And I just don't think that we have to adhere to that. And right. I think, you know, there are a lot of readers like myself who are just like, you know, like you look at Rob J. Hayes, you know, like never die. Like, holy moly, like keep writing in that world forever. Like, I don't <laughs> care how many, I don't even care if they're connected. Like, give me yeah, new characters, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, just expand the world. Like, I mean, you know, and I think his series, you know, those books are like a good example of the Mortal Instruments where it's like, you don't have to do the contemporary thing. You know, like if you have a cool story and cool characters, cool world building magic system, like people are going to read it. I think it's the Forgotten Realms all the time. You know, it's like- yeah. There were a lot of them were trilogies, but some were series like Bob and Elaine, you know, Ed. And then there were other ones that were standalones, you know, and I still read those. And, you know, people just did not seem to care. They just wanted, like myself, wanted to be in that world, interacting with those characters as much as possible. Eberron, Dragonlance, like, you know, I feel like, you know, the, uh, the list goes on and on, you know, and you think of, yeah. um, you know, some of the other ones, you know, um, Oh, I'm totally going to blank on, you know, but there's all those other ones too, those offshoots, you know, uh, spell jammer, you know, is another really good one. Ravenloft, you know, so I just right. think it's interesting that I, I like it personally that we're expanding past this, this yeah. old, you know, this old system. I, I just, I just think the way that the way I think about it is that like, if you put in all this work creating this world, right. And it's got like all these different nations and all these different people and all these different belief systems and, and all that, just because that story that you're telling is over doesn't mean that the world is over. There's more yeah, stories yeah. to tell, right? Yeah. And what's the harm in going back yeah. 200 years later? Not, yeah, not yeah. later, obviously, because we <laughs> I like to set a story 200 years later or 200 yeah. years before or, or whatever and just tell yeah, like, yeah. a story in the same world. Um, and there might be little Easter eggs, there might be little crossovers, um, but there doesn't have to be. Like, you know, and... Um, as long as you've not destroyed the world completely, yeah. there's, there's, you can have, but even then you can still go back because that's what they did in Planet of the Apes too. And yeah, that's true. The Earth, and then they were like, well, here's another four movies afterwards as well. Yes. <laughs> well, I thought about that. Like I like, I love the Warhammer type of thing where you have technology and spells. And I actually have a really cool thing that I haven't told anybody that I'm doing with my magic system. So I have my fantasy and then I'm actually going to do like a, you know, Brandon Sanderson, where I'm going to set it 2000 years in the future. So then there's, you know, they're traveling and do all those things, but right. it's going to keep all the, the contemporary 
you know, like when you have somebody go, cause I just, I like D and I like, love Warhammer. I love the thought of D and D in space, yeah. you know, and, and there's so many things. And I was like, Oh, well, how could I explain this and do this? And the world building, you know, with building able to build off of it and then to do these cool things. I was like, Oh, this is cool. And I was like, then you get to do that history in between. And it just made, you know, some of those things from a writer standpoint, more fresh, you know, and I just thought like, Oh, it's cool. So I, was able to come up with all these different things so yeah it is interesting to to think and i just had somebody on the other day where the episode hasn't released so i won't say it but uh or the book hasn't released yet but um they um yeah they were like oh i'm gonna try this story here and then they realized that their story is actually set five years in the future so then they switched it so i just think time's an interesting concept like if it's not working for you now like maybe maybe move it up a couple years or back a couple or you know really find the good point in that story but yeah exactly. it's interesting when you think about it yeah definitely so you i would i would take it then since you know you're talking about you know having four books do you, do you have any plans for book three um yeah um i'm gonna start working on it um pretty soon i'm just gonna i'm finish i'm gonna finish off the um next uh nick Holleran book and then uh i'm gonna go and do the the last the next two or the last two Empire of Ruin books back to back because like mm. um, it's just to finish off the series yeah, yeah. Uh, all this story in the series anyway um, so yeah I have I have um, like the, the second book kind of leaves uh, a few kind of hooks as to where the story is <laughs> going to go um, and it's just a, it, it's one of those things it's where it's just kind of um, because there's two more left to go uh, I kind of just want to make sure that this one is like kind of before i start it i just want to be like okay this is this is the story it's going to tell this this and this and it has to do this this and this and it has to set up this as well um for the for the, for the last book mm. uh, so it's it's probably the, the trickiest one to kind of to kind of write um but it will be the trickiest one because like the the, the last one I, i've never written a last in a series before but yeah. I, I imagine like you know it's kind of it's tying everything up right and it's just finishing off storylines and, 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 and obviously doing that in a satisfying way is is tricky enough oh, and, sure. um, and it's never going to please everyone yeah. um, but um the third one it's kind of like you know it's it's third and four it's tricky because you kind of have to um you kind of have to keep like the plates spinning to an extent set up new plates but also yeah, yeah, yeah. some plates fall as well yeah um and uh, I, I kind of the 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 main thing with this third one is to kind of bring the second book brings a lot of characters to their lowest points where it's kind of like they're at that they're at absolute rock bottom and some characters you might have thought that was the state the but what you would have, you would have thought that's what would have happened to in the first book yeah uh, I managed to bring them down even further <laughs> in the second one. Um, so there's a few characters there that are like kind of at rock bottom. So I kind of we're, we're going back up onto the um, upward swing with, with with some of these characters. So there's going to be, um, which is tricky because I want it to make sure the stakes are really really high, and I want to make sure that like the overall threat is uh, very threatening. <laughs> it's yeah, very yeah. Vulnerable. But yeah. I also want to kind of bring in this kind of like sweeping adventure, and uh, and putting some characters back up onto the onto their feet again they're ready to face mm. the, the final kind of yeah. uh, conflict 
So yeah, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting one. The the book is uh, the book is going to be called Beyond Sundered Seas. Oh, that's cool. I like uh, that. So there's a which again is is a a little hint as to to what is going to be happening in 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 the story. Uh, we're going to be leaving some characters will be leaving Hope Belt for the first oh, time. That's cool. We'll be seeing Beyond Hope Belt. Um, and then the last book is called At Eternity's Gates. Oh, I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Which is good because it kind of the whole four books tell a little story in titles. This is this is where my autism comes in, right? So like yeah. I had the first book in Solitude Shadow, and I was like, well, I have to the next one has to be three words as well. So I was Path of War. Path yeah. of War was really easy. It's just because yeah. it, it, you know, it was very easy. But then I was like, I have to not only did it have to be three word three words in each in each one but you also have to tell a kind of a story so it was like in solitude shadow path of war beyond sundered seas at eternity's gate oh so i like that there we go we get into the yeah that's a little cool. bit of a thing um where it took me a long time yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Actually, the last one actually at eternity's gates wasn't too bad it was the middle it was the third one beyond sundered seas was the one that was like for ages and i went onto my facebook group at one point and i was like what name shall I use? <laughs> like those <laughs> everyone's that was that was one of them, thankfully. Oh, so cool. one of the options, but there's a few other options as well. Um but um yeah, so I hope hopefully by January I'll have uh books three and four finished. And um, oh, that's awesome. by this time next year both of them will be released and I'll be doing something new. That's cool. I like how you did that. I'm going to have to think about that for the future. <laughs> That's really neat. Uh, so what is one thing that you hoped to see yourself accomplish in your writing career, like years and years from now, when you look back, like what's the one thing you like want to have done um, or have happened to, I guess, too? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a funny one because like my my, um, my reasons for like kind of getting into were very, very kind of um, personal ones anyway, because I the only the only thing like I, I'd always wanted to be writing, um, but I'd never kind of I'd always put it off. I was always like, I'll do this when I'm thirty. I'll do this after this happens. I'll do this, <laughs> this and I'll do this after this. And um, the only reason that I kind of started getting into it was because I was like, because of like the way like like my kind of like life path wound out, I ended up doing a lot of jobs that I didn't have any kind of pleasure in doing mm. and. They were the basically jobs just to pay money and you just yeah. go, you know what I mean? Um, so I had nothing really to kind of show for like my life, really. Like all the things that I wanted to do, I hadn't even yeah. done or I just hadn't done or let them pass me by. So when my son was born, I was kind of like, you know what, I, I want to I wanna have something to show him when, when I'm older. Oh, I get uh, that, yeah. And especially when the pandemic started, because I, I was kind of thinking... Yeah. Because he was uh he was just turned two when the pandemic started, and um, I was kind of thinking, you know, when they're in school, like in ten years' time, they'll be learning about the pandemic, yep. and they'll be, and he might come home and it'd be like, what did you do during the pandemic? And I'd be like, yeah. I didn't want to just say to him, I just sat around drinking and eating. Yeah. watch netflix <laughs> i got through 10 seasons of this show <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I watch so much tv that's that's yeah. what right um uh won a load of online quizzes that's what yeah. I, did. I did i did those things too but um i wanted to say like you know what i did this i wrote this book yeah uh, you can read it right now if you want to hear it is this is the book that i wrote um and uh 
that's that's why I did it. I and and um I wanted him to have something that and it was also it was like it was a dream of mine that I wanted to do and and I wanted to show him that like you know if you if you want to put your mind yeah. to something you can you can achieve it, right? Yeah, yeah. And even if it was just like one story that was in an anthology or that was the initial goal. Um so yeah, so now I've like, you know, I have this like by the time that he is like able to read books on his own and and able to kind of read the books that I I write, um, he'll have like a series of them that he can look at if he wants yeah. to read them. He can if he doesn't, oh, he doesn't cool. have to. But they'll be there that he can see it. And if he yeah, yeah. he wants to do something, that's hopefully that will help inspire him oh, to do it. Cool. So like that was so I kind of achieved the thing that I wanted to do, but. Probably the other thing is what what is important to me now is like uh, is other neurodiverse people because that's that's something that like obviously it's it's a new thing for me and my son has it too, um, and there is still like quite a big a lot of confusion about it. Like what one of the main things that like when I talk to people about it and say like you know I'm autistic and whatever one of the <laughs> one of the first things. I hear back is you don't look autistic or you know yeah and that's not like it's they don't people don't mean it in a mean no, way yeah, yeah, yeah. there's just a lot of ill education yep. about it um because yep. people a lot of that comes from mainstream media people either expect yeah. like Rain Man or Sheldon Cooper or yep. someone who yep. is just completely unresponsive and uncommunicative yep. um and that isn't the way at all so um what what I would like to do is like if I can, you know, uh, help people see that like neurodiverse people can do yeah anything that neurotypical people can yeah, do yeah, yeah. you know that that would be that would be great so it was one of those things that I, I was when I, when I was like diagnosed with it it, it was a relief in a lot of ways because it explained a lot of uh, things about me and the way I I thought about different things and, and felt yeah. About um situations that I've been in but it was one of those things where it's like oh I'm going to talk about it that much and, and if I'm going to doing like conventions and I'm on panels and stuff am I going to like even my bio like am I going to mention it uh, at first I was like no I'm not going to because like you know it's I, I don't but then I was talking to someone about it um another author called uh Rachel Renner who um and she well, I was talking to her about it and she was kind of like, you know, I think people would find it quite inspiring if you did. I think it'd be a good thing. So I did. I changed my bio and put everything like, you know, neurodiverse author and what have you. Um, and I have had people kind of get in touch, but like, you know, like I'm autistic as well. And, and yeah. I'd love to write a book like, you know, but I'm not sure I can do it. Um, and it's 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 great. Um, and I've met other uh, authors that are like me and other, you know, um, and uh it's just yeah it's, it's a really good thing um to, to kind of do so if i can kind of again like you know uh show people that are neurotypical that you know neurodiverse people can do this stuff too or i can show like or i can help other neurodiverse people that want to yeah. do this i've got doubts or i've got things that it's you know they've heard that it's not for them <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? um then that'd be great too if it's even just like one person uh so that'd be my uh that'd be Kind of my aim now well not my aim but that'd be something that i'd like to kind of look back on uh and think yeah you know i help kind of sh shift perception, perception yeah. on this for some people that's cool i mean as a teacher i definitely you know i've been in the game now for this upcoming year be my 16th year in public schools and 
in some sort of capacity, paid or not paid. Um, I've definitely, definitely seen more representation matters. I mean, whether or not, you know, you had like the one character in a wheelchair on Glee or, you know, that was one in particular where I had some kids who were like, oh yeah, like, you know, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, I had kids in school who were like, oh, I could definitely do these different things, you know, and, yeah. and that was, that was singing, which I can't do. So I'm very jealous, <laughs> but you know, I've had kids that are like, oh, I'm going to, you know, go and do this for Special Olympics, or I'm going to go do this. And then I've, you know, I've had, you know, girls who in particular who are like, oh, I can do that. You know, I'm going to go play football, you know, and there's just, right. there's so many things. And, you know, I think if you don't have that one person do it, it's like you have an entire group of people that it starts with one person, you know? So right. I, I think it's, I think it's totally true, you know, that it's, I've definitely seen where it, it definitely makes a huge difference. So. Yeah, no, that's the thing, like, you know, not, and I know, I know a lot of people think this is like a political thing and I don't, I really don't think it is. It's, it's, a, it's a human rights it's yeah, not even a human it really is, yeah. It's a human existence thing, right? Yeah. We all exist, so exist isn't political. We just exist, right? Yeah. And um, and this is why, like, I think diversity is important. And and when people talk about diversity, they don't just talk about uh, skin color or, or, or sexual yeah, orientation, totally. or, or, or gender. It's it's about it's about everything, yeah. and and is those things too, and it should be. And the, and the reason why it's important is because it it shows to people it's not just a closed shop, right? So- um, and it shows people that, like you say, like you, you, you with Glee, with with the character who's in the wheelchair, it shows all people that are that are uh, that are like that person. That it's like, well, I could do this too. I, I could, uh, like, um, uh, Walter White's son in, in Breaking Bad, who had so mm. so, so yep. positive. The, the, the actor yep. has that condition, yep. and it's like shows all people that you know what you can become an actor if you want to, if that's what yeah. you want to do. Like, you know, John Krasinski. A- um- his daughter in a quiet place, you know, so she's deaf. And he's deaf, he yeah. made everybody learn sign language, which I think was just makes. Right. I actually think that that should be taught anyways in schools. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, things well, like the, that. The character for Echo in the in the yep. it as well. She's yep. she's native and uh, um, I'm not sure if that's the right term or, or not because I'm not American. But like she's, you know, she herself. She um, you know, it all shows that that it's open to anyone and that's what it means it doesn't mean that like people are trying to say that like i think a lot of people think that oh diversity means that this isn't for you anymore it means it's for everybody and everybody can go and it's it's everybody has a seat at the table yeah and that's that's what it is and that's why it's important and you know there's from from my perspective obviously like you know i'm a straight white man you know i i I identify as male and this so a lot of ways i am like kind of like the 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 place of of a lot of privilege and i am um I also I'm also neurodiverse as well, and it's great it's great then to kind of see um, other writers that are like me that are, that um, can do this and and are writing characters that are like us that are are like us. They're not Sheldon Cooper and they're not yeah. the Rain Man and they're not like um, always that way because we're not always that way, and that's what's um, and that's what's that's what's great and. Um, when you when you do open everything up for everyone to be involved, you do get this better um, understanding of what people are oh, really like, sure. and, and and that's what um, bothers me sometimes yeah. is because like writers, obviously stories are important to writers, but the most important thing to me as a writer is characters, is people, right? And like obviously, if you want to make better characters, you need to understand people better. Yeah. No, and people's and people's uh uh challenges and people's 
point of views better. And and that's the only way you're going to do that is by opening things up. Because like, you know, I could I could write a white straight man, European bald man <laughs> story number. 7,251 really well because I'm like, I am that character. I I, yeah. know, I could write all those characters so well, but then like, that's not what the world looks like. I'm not what the world looks like. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm just a part of it. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's the, so that, that'd be something that I'd, I'd hopefully can, can help with uh, in, in the long run. Uh, and if I do, that's great. Excellent answer. <laughs> I get good answers for these lately. Um, so this one is, what is one other medium that you would love to see one of your novels portrayed as, whether TV, movie, video game, cartoon, manga, comic book, what would be like one other medium that you think would be really cool? Well, yeah, I'd love, I'd love TV, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd, like, you know, one of the big streaming services, would, I would happily sell them my rights. <laughs> you guys are here, heard be, here first all right everybody yeah. hashtag um, netflix you know <laughs> yeah it'd be fun I, you know what I, anything like i think it's just i think they're all 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 great mediums to be on like uh I, i'd love to see more anime adaptations of things yeah it'd be cool you know i think i think fantasy really really speaks to uh anime in a lot of different ways but the thing is, the, the funny thing is, is like there's always a kickback against adaptate against movie and tv adaptations but it's the same, there's, there's different constraints on every different type of adaptation, no matter where it goes to, be it comic yeah, book, true. be it radio, be it whatever. It's all different styles of storytelling. And what, what you do is you're taking one thing and turn it into that type, different type of storytelling. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely different. And it's this thing, because I, I remember like, you know, things being adapted to movies all the time. And, and some movies would be good, some wouldn't be so good. But always the thing would be, would be like, I wish this was a TV show, right? yeah. And now you're getting a lot of more things being moved to TV because of streaming. And you get good ones and you get bad ones. And people are like, why is it bad when they've got TV? Because they've got more hours to tell it. But it's because the, the way of telling the story on TV is completely different to telling a story in movies, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's, you know, and, and people, uh, in a lot of ways, it's easier for people to accept a movie adaptation because people understand what a movie is a lot more than what they do with TV. Because with a movie, there's one way of telling the movie. Generally, yeah. it's, it's between two to three hours long. There's a first, second, middle uh, act, right? And that that is it's a beginning, middle, and end. With TV now, like it's so different because oh, yeah. um, not only is it like the length of the thing, is it going to be 24 episodes? Is it going to be 12, 16, 8? How long are each episode going to be? Um, that dictates the style of storytelling. It dictates the money that that they have to spend on it as well. Yeah. With the but also that you have to take into consideration now is like, where is this going to be shown? Because if it's on Netflix, it's all out at the same day. And yeah. that's a different type of storytelling because yeah. they can do like a slower episode. Yep. Where it's more it, yeah. development, as long as something big happens at the end yeah, yeah. So to keep binging and keep watching whereas disney plus it's like i think that's where her obi-wan was like it was an art and people were like oh this right. is dull yeah i think they actually for them i think they need to start i don't I don't know if they need to but i just think it's interesting i think people need to start realizing what you're saying like 
you know, like Stranger Things is different because you can watch the whole thing in a day, right? Versus right. Disney Plus where you have to wait each week. So yeah, it's yeah, a different, exactly. different, they're, they're a different type of medium, even though there's the same, they're TV. Exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. That's so true. It, it, there's, and it's, it's more difficult for people to, because people that are like, well, it's on TV, they have more time to do this. Why are they doing this? Um, it's, always, it's not quite as, as simple as that. And yeah. like, if you go onto Amazon, then they do a thing where they release like the first two or three episodes yep. on the first night and then they go weekly. Which again, you have to write the first two or three episodes in a different way than you write the other ones because um, you're you're able and I, what they do a lot of the time is they will do like a little mini arc on those first few episodes and the yeah. middle one will be the slower one where they develop certain things yep. and then the third one hen- ends on a big cliffhanger so you come back next week to watch it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's funny like you know I, I see some writers do that they all go oh TV yeah because then you know they won't have to they won't have to. They won't have to um, lose this. They won't have to chop this out. They won't, and it's like they they will yeah, have yeah, to yeah. do all those things yeah. and probably invent things too to make it fit TV. Yeah. So but yeah, I'd love it, and I'd be very kind of like if it ever got to that point where like uh, there was like people looking to do it, I would be uh, completely open to it. Um, I would help out as much as as possible, but um, I'd be kind of if I had the fan base at the time as well, I'd be like, look, this is going to be very different. Just get yourself ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no matter what it comes out on. Awesome. Uh, we'll start with that last one there, uh, David. Uh, do you have any news, promos, updates, anything like that to share with us? Um, no, so I'm kind of like in, in between books at yeah, the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, Path of War has just come out. Uh, I'm working on the next Nick Holleran book, which is called uh, One Life Left. Oh, that's um, good. So that hopefully that one will be out maybe by, by November at the latest, I, I hope. But what we're also doing as well uh, is we're going to have a kind of series starter for um, Empire of Ruin and a series starter for um, Nick Holleran coming out oh, that's cool. as well soon. Not sure exactly when. Um, the uh, Empire of Ruin series starter is about a character called Tilo, who is in the first book, is quite a mysterious character. It's a prequel, uh, kind of explaining a little bit about him. Um, and uh, it leads into the very start of the first book. And the uh, Hollerin one is uh, an expansion of a short story that I, I did for him, which was like a, it was like an eight thousand word short story, and I think the things end up about forty thousand words. So it's quite no, it's, it's quite built out, <laughs> quite expanded. Um, so they're both going to be coming out at some point in the next few months as well. Um, the Hollerin one will probably come out on the same. Day is the next book, and oh, cool. everyone one will be kind of um, at some point. That one will be free to everyone that's on my newsletter or on my Facebook group. Oh, cool! Um, both of them will probably actually, and then they'll be like the like ninety nine cent on Amazon or whatever. So um, yeah, there'll be a few things there, um, and I'll be working on the next books at that point as well. So that's that's pretty much it. Oh, that's awesome. I just want to remind our audience, you can find David's first episode on my website. You can also find it um, in season one. You can go onto the YouTube channel. You can go to SpotifyRSS.com. That's also where this one will be. Um, You'll also be able to um, check out all of his books and socials in the description, anywhere we find this audio or video. Uh, So please make sure you guys like and subscribe, share every episode for David here. That way we can get him, you know, as many people see in this interview as possible. And per always, please make sure you're going and checking out their socials. And if you are, you know, hopefully you're reading their books, buying them, reading them, but also please make sure you're reviewing them because that's ultimately what's going to help them in the long run. So if you especially if you like a story, 
make sure you review it because that's a surefire way to get another one in the future, which is why I review all the books that I read every single time. Uh, David, I really want to appreciate you for coming on again. It was really awesome talking to you. You gave me a lot to think about. So I'm going to be sitting there thinking about, um, you know, uh, red wall and <laughs> all sorts of things all day now, uh, which is great for me. Um, but, you know, I love having people back a second time. So, you know, November, you know, just let me know and, you know, we'll schedule another one, you know, when you get that next book going and, you know, we'll do whatever we can in the meantime to help you out. So if there's something else I can do, you just let me know, my friend. Thanks very much. Really enjoyed chatting to you as, as always. Yeah, yeah. Well, I look, I'm really looking especially forward to our third time. Um, you'll be <laughs> one of the uh, third guests that will be coming back for a third time. So I'm really excited about that. Nice to build up a platform and, you know, get authors keep coming back to releases. That yeah. was one of my main goals. So that's one of my goals for the podcast that we're <laughs> starting to check off. So that's awesome. But I hope you guys have a great rest of the day, David. Like I said, if there's anything else I could do for you in the meantime, just let me know, my friend. Nice one. Thanks very much. Have a good one, David. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye.